This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, New Life. I'm so excited to share this time with you today. And if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I'm going to be welcoming up some very special speakers in just a few minutes. But I just want to say welcome to you, and especially if you're here for the first time. Uh, I want you to know that at, at our core, at our gut, We want to be the kind of church that knocks down any barrier that would keep you from encountering God. And and we're so serious about it. We'll do anything short of sinning just to keep the doors open so that you can come in, so that you can experience God, so that you can check out your faith and explore all that God might have for you. So if you're here today, please know we've been praying for you. We're excited for you to be here with us. And for all of us, just a few things to help us get on the same page and get connected to God. Uh, Inside your program, which you received when you came in, is a card that says, Start Here. So go ahead and, and grab that. And if you put your name and your email address on that, uh, that's simply a connection card. It helps us stay connected to you, helps you stay connected to us. And and our hope and our prayer is that somewhere along this journey, you're going to want to connect with God. And more than anything, we want to be the church that helps you connect with God. So go ahead and fill that out, and I'll tell you what to do with it a little bit later on in our time today. The other thing you're going to want are some teaching notes that are inside your program. They've got the Bible verses that we're going to be exploring. They've got some fill-in-the-blanks. And they've got some space just for you to process and to write down some of your own thoughts as we go about our time together so that you can take what you're learning home and you can continue to explore what God might be saying to you throughout this week. Well, we are at the last week of our My Story series. And hasn't it been great hearing from our pastoral staff in this series? I guess that felt like a rhetorical question that we would celebrate. I guess I should say, hasn't it been great? Hasn't it, has it been great? It's been great. It has been great hearing from our staff in this series. I am so thankful to be partnering with uh, such authentic men and women on in this church. And I don't know about you, but I just get the sense each week as I hear them share what a gift it is for us as a church to be led by a pastoral staff and partnered with a pastoral staff who's authentically seeking God real time in their lives. Not perfect, but genuine in their faith and genuine in seeking God. And I've been especially encouraged that our staff team are such gifted communicators. It's been really, really neat to see. Uh, I've just been, been realizing that I could, I could leave and we wouldn't miss a beat because God has given us some really gifted communicators. That said, I got home last Sunday and my wife Maria said to me, Kevin, if you left the church, the church wouldn't miss a beat because our communicators are just as good as you are. And while I knew that to be true, when my wife said it to me, it kind of hurt, you know what I mean? Like it kinda, so I had to let go of my own ego a little bit and say, you know what? She is completely right. We are a fortunate church to have such wonderful people who are not only authentically seeking God, but are gifted in communicating the truth of God to our church. And so if you haven't had a chance to say thank you to our pastoral staff, I want to encourage you today, this week, this month, just grab them and say thank you for what they do to partner with us. Well, the whole idea for this series, if you're new with us today or if you've missed the last couple of weeks, is we believe that God is not some sort of distant deity out there who set the world in motion and then kind of left us to our own devices, but we believe that God is actually a personal God, much like a perfect heavenly father who wants to share life with us, who wants to engage with us, who wants to partner with us to write a story in our lives, a story of freedom, a story of triumph, a story of purpose and of passion. And so what I've asked our pastors to do is to come up here for one Sunday a week and for this entire month and just share their story. What is God doing in their life? How is he calling them? How is he transforming them? How is he leading them to freedom? And I've asked them to be vulnerable and, and take that step to share their story. And what I've asked us to do each week is simply this. If you would have the courage to, to quietly pray this prayer, say, God, 
would you, would you show me what you want me to learn from this story? Because I believe that God wants to encourage some of us today. I believe that God wants to challenge some of us today. I, I believe that God wants to comfort some of us today. And if you would be open to saying, God, what do you want to show me through their story? I believe God's going to do something great for you. So if you will be bold enough to do that, just quietly as you're sitting here, just say, God, what do you want to show me through the story I'm about to hear? And we're in for a treat. We get to hear from Pastor Justin, who is our worship and finance pastor, and his wife Jessica, as they share their story. And one of the things that I truly appreciate about Justin and Jessica is that whatever God says to do, they just do it. They have a faith about them that, that at, their, at their center of their relationship, they believe that when God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. They believe that with God, they can do great and mighty things. They believe that when God calls them, even if they don't know exactly what the end game is going to look like, that God will give them all they need to walk through this life and to achieve what God has set before them. And when you get someone like that, it's inspiring just to be around them. But when you get a couple like that, Man, they can set the world on fire, and I believe that's what Justin and Jessica are doing. So would you join me in welcoming up Justin and Jessica Bartlow? Thank you, Kevin. Well, good morning. Uh, We're so glad to get to share uh, with you today, and I've learned so much over the last three weeks from each person sharing their story, so we're excited to get to share ours as well. Yeah, before we start, we just want you all to know that we're picturing you with your clothes on. We are, I promise. <laughs> First and second service, it was like roaring laughter. Yeah. That one. Uh, it's true. Anyway, before we get into our story, I do want to share something about Jessica. Most people think that I'm like the most well-known of the couple, but she is way more famous than I am. I may be up here every week and all that, but Jessica does the music for Kids Life. And she does all these little hand signals and, you know, the motions, I guess. And she puts them up on YouTube for the people to learn. And people from all over the world have found it and have been watching them. And she's got thousands and thousands of YouTube views. And so she's actually way more popular than I am, which is a little-known fact. Plus, since she looks like Taylor Swift... um, (laughs) It's been interesting going out in public, especially now that Taylor Swift has crossed over to pop. Um, everybody's asking her all the time, hey, you, you know, you look like Taylor Swift. So it's, it's like I'm married to a celebrity lookalike. It's been a lot of fun. She's eight years younger than me, so I'd say good compliment. Yes. Right? Yeah, she's good. <laughs> anyway, Jessica and I have been married for 11 years, and we've had a lot of ups and downs, and I, there's no one I would rather have gone through them with than you. So I'm glad that I get to do that. And our story is one that starts in freedom, moves into bondage, and then comes back out on the other side in freedom. And ours is one particular area of our life, but when you're listening to our story, I just encourage you, like Kevin said, to just think about what it is in your life that this can apply, because it applies in every area of our life, really. Mm-hmm. Well, we met in 2000 um, at church, good place to find a spouse. But we were meeting over at the community center. It was still new life, though. And Justin had just come up here from Southern California to lead worship. And my dad and some of my siblings were going. And I decided, well, I'm 18. I can make my own choices. Um, Maybe I won't go to church for a while. Maybe I will. They really like it. I'll check it out. And, um, you know, I walked in a little late. The music had already started. Nobody here has ever done that, right? Okay, just check it. But it's just not good because of who you are. But anyways, I saw him on stage, and he was playing the guitar and singing, and I just thought, oh, he's cute. I could date that guy. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, 
I actually had hair back then, which has probably helped, and spiky blonde hair, yeah, which also... You did. So, we, uh, so I decided I'll be brave. After church, I'm going to go and um, introduce myself. So I said, hi, I'm Jessica, and it's nice to meet you. My dad goes here. You probably know him. My sister is in the youth, gr- in the youth group, and you're part of that. So I just wanted to introduce myself. And he kind of looked at me blankly, and he's just like, okay. I'm like, okay, not awkward at all. I, nice to meet you. Uh, I'm Justin, something. <laughs> So what really happened was I had been checking her out for the last few months, and I was so nervous when she came up to say hi to me that I, I guess all I could blurt out was, okay. So I did not really make a very good first impression. No. So. Well, some time passed, and we got to know each other a little better through a life group for college-age students. And um, I started comparing Justin to my husband list. If anyone has that, it's just, it's not weird. It's just a list of qualities that you would hope for in a husband, and you're kind of praying through it before God asking, is there a person out there for me that is these things? And he scored really high. He was everything on the list but two things. And I don't have the list anywhere, so I can't tell you what one of those things is. I really don't remember. But the one thing I do remember is he was a spender, not a saver. And I was a saver. True. Uh, my whole life, that was kind of my way I rolled. I would earn money and then immediately spend it. My parents were had the good sense to not buy me everything that I wanted. And so I figured out pretty early on that if I wanted to get the things I wanted, I was going to have to earn some money. So at age of 10, I started doing things like mowing lawns, washing windows, recycling. Let's see, I was a paper boy for a while. But I would get that money and immediately spend it. And that was kind of the way I, my pattern up until about age 25. I just finished a Bible study on money, and I had something I wanted to buy. So I knew I needed to save up for it. I wasn't going to put it on a credit card. And so it was the most money I'd ever saved in my whole life, and I saved up for an engagement ring. Good job. For this one. I would not want to pay that off, our first part of marriage, yeah. right? My own ring yeah. paying off is so, great. So we, with a little help of our family, we saved and paid cash for our wedding, which was so great. It was in Sebastopol, overlooking a vineyard. Um, We did a honeymoon in Hawaii, paid for. Awesome. And we came back a few days later. We moved into our apartment. And we both had really solid jobs, no student loans. Um, So we were doing well money-wise, and we started talking about um, buying our first house. Yeah, so this is 2003, and some of you might remember around this time, uh, house prices were skyrocketing. They were going up so quick, and we knew, we just knew that if we didn't get in the market, we thought we knew, that if we didn't get in the market, we were never going to be able to buy a house. It was just going to keep going, never end. It would never burst. Um, And so rather than us save up for it and get a loan that we could afford, we borrowed a down payment from a family member, and bought our first condo three months into our marriage. And everything seemed great. We had a 50%, um, mortgage was 50% of our income, which just if you need to know, it should be more like 25%. So back then you could get a loan up for 50% of your income. And so that's what we did. And things were, things were going well. And in fact, in two, less than two years, our condo went up in value $100,000, which is crazy. So, of course, uh, that meant we needed a 
actual real house. We were going to leverage that equity, and we were going to get, finally get a real house, one that didn't have walls that shared with other people, couldn't hear them talking in the next room, um, a yard, all these things. That's what we needed. That was the, the, our dream. And so, again, we used that to buy a house. We got another large mortgage, maybe even a little bigger, and we're living the dream. We hadn't quite realized yet that we had made our first wrong decision. And so I'm going to point you to your, connect, uh, to your worship notes. Sorry, music. Uh, I'll talk. Um, your sermon notes. Pull those out. And it's the first blank. Our wrong choice, number one, was we trusted in our own understanding. Our own understanding. Um, Proverbs 22.7 says, this is Solomon talking. He is a wise man. And all people from all around would come to hear his wisdom. And so he said this in Proverbs 22, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. That was our, our verse that we should have been going to, but we chose not to. And we made our wrong choice and in, in, in trusted in our own understanding. We had consulted our fears and our, our worries. We had taken advice from other people. And we kind of knew a little bit of what the Bible should say about that, but we decided that we knew best, and so that's what we went with. We went with our own understanding. What we should have done is found in Proverbs 3, 5, if you look on your screen. This is again Solomon talking. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. Well, I grew up in a large family. There were seven kids, and I didn't really know right away if I wanted to have any kids at all. So that's something we talked about before getting married, if that'd be something that he could handle. I knew she would change her mind. I knew it. You don't ever know for sure. It's a big topic. You got to talk about it. So we did, and um, God had changed my heart over, we had been married for four years when we started to finally try to have a family, and um, we were really excited to do that. And we welcomed Reagan in December 2007, and we decided that I would stop working outside of the home, and I would start working inside of the home being a full-time mommy, and that was a good decision because Reagan was four months old, and we got pregnant again with Lexi. Yeah. Yeah, right 13 away. months apart, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And about that time, the economy started to, to crash. House prices went down, and we knew a few people who were struggling, um, but we had, weren't feeling it yet. Not quite there. No. Um, I should mention that in order to get that, that house, we had to take out what's called a home equity line of credit to cover the down payment. And so it's basically a credit card that uh, if you choose not to pay, they take your house. That's kind of what a home equity line of credit is. And so we had this home equity line of credit. It was a high interest rate. And I knew, boy, this is, this is tight, and it's going to be hard to, to make all the payments, and it really was tight. So I thought I could fix that by doing something very clever, and clever is rarely wise. <laughs> because at that point, and it sounds so dumb when I say it out loud, um, I thought it would be a good idea to pull all that money and put it on these low and no interest credit card offers. You know, you get all those credit card offers in the mail. I thought, that's a brilliant idea. We'll put it on all these credit cards. We'll be able to pay it off quicker. It'll be a lower interest rate. What could go wrong? Well, the bank noticed that we weren't using our home equity line of credit, reassessed our house without us knowing, and closed our home equity line of credit, which left us with $40,000 
on various credit cards that we now had to deal with. And things were starting to get a little bit shaky right yeah. then. Uh, not new wardrobe credit card debt, no. but like just money that we had to pay. So our wrong choice number two is up here, and it said, we tried to fix it in our own wisdom. We sure did. We just thought we were awesome. We're going to figure it out. And in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Well, yeah, our wants and our thoughts, our ideas were far from God's best for us. We didn't really take the time to ask him what he wanted. We were able to survive for the next year or two until our payment, monthly payment, went up $1,000 a month. Yeah, maybe Ugh. some of you remember those loans. Um, it, the interest, I mean, the, it was like the interest-only thing, and then the, main, the payment went up, and it was way beyond what we could handle. And we were kind of hitting the bottom. We were really having a tough time. The, the, our house went from 475000 down to $225,000. In, uh, in its equity, and our savings was dwindling, and I wasn't ready, though, to admit that maybe we made a mistake. I was still going to fix it. I was determined to figure out how to fix it, and so what I decided to do was apply for a um, loan modification. Uh, many, some of you may have done that, and that is a terrible, terrible process. It's really tough, and it's, it's, it's painful. Um, because they mess everything up and you're constantly calling them and trying to figure things out. Well, three months of this, of me trying to fix it in my own wisdom and get this loan modification, finally we got the call and we were denied the loan modification. So pretty much inevitable that we were going to lose the house. Yeah. Well, I really like garage sailing. Anyone like garage sailing? It's the, <laughs> it's the thrill of the hunt. It's peeking through your stuff that you you know, having your home, it's kind of fun. And um, about that time, I was doing a few estate sales, going around town, there's a few estate sales, and they weren't the typical type where someone's deceased in the home and a company comes in and sells everything for the remaining family members. It was more people like us who were losing their homes, who had to downsize, and they were putting little stickers on all their stuff and um, trying to sell it to get money to you know, or they just didn't have a place to go with all their stuff. So I kind of just, I had a tear up moment in that house. And I was thinking, this is going to be us. This is going to be our house. I'm going to put little stickers on all our baby toys, all our framed pictures. Just, this is going to be us. And so I just decided that was a point of surrender for me. I thought, you know what? I really want to keep the house so bad. And I love where we are and all that. But as long as we have God, as long as God is with me, you know, we're going to be fine. It's going to be okay as long as we have him. So house, leave or stay, we, yeah. we'll be okay. this point, I'd put so much effort into keeping this dream alive. I was, I was pretty devastated. I was tired, and I was ready to finally surrender and say, maybe we made a mistake, and maybe we made a wrong choice when we first bought the house. And so um, we stopped, and we made our first right choice and we that's kind of starting us on back out of our um, bondage and so our first right choice was that we admitted that we were wrong and asked for forgiveness mm-hmm. it was it was time for us to agree with god and believe what he says is right so we i mean we'd gotten bad advice we were young we didn't really know what we we're doing but 
no matter what excuse we can come up with, we knew that we had to just get back on level ground and allow God to do something in us. And so I'm going to turn you to Proverbs 28:13. Again, Solomon has some fun stuff to tell us. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So for us, that meant we were going to confess our sin in prayer. We just prayed to God, uh, admitted that we were wrong, and asked for forgiveness. That was what our confession looked like. And we had finally acknowledged that we had done wrong, and we had a choice now moving forward. And the reality was that we could have kept making the payment for a lot longer, maybe a year longer, if we had made one choice. And if we had decided to stop tithing, we could have kept things going for at least a little bit longer. And so we were stuck with that, that choice. Do we trust God and continue to tithe? Or do we now, do we continue to, to work in our own understanding? Which, do we continue to try and fix it ourselves? Yeah. We chose to make another right choice, mm-hmm. which was we chose to follow God no matter what the consequences. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a life verse of mine. If you don't know what that is, it's just a verse in the Bible that you hold a little higher than the others. It's something you kind of hold on to in tough times and um, live by, I guess. You know it. And uh, this one is mine, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So for us, that meant continuing to tithe, to obey God, um, whatever it meant, even losing the house. And we kind of understood that everything we had and everything we ever would have was his anyway. So we're going to trust him with his money and not lean on our own understanding, especially because it hadn't gotten us, you know, very far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, at this point, was fully surrendered, and I was ready to take whatever consequences there were because we had made that mess, and we knew it might get messy getting out of it. But there was something in me that was thinking, why in the world did we not get the loan modification? I didn't understand why. And so I just went back and looked over it, and I noticed, strangely enough, I noticed a math error in their uh, equations that they used. And I called them up, and I said, I think there's a math error. I think there's something wrong. And they went, they looked at it and they went, oops, yeah, sorry, there is a math error. And so I decided I'm going to reapply for the loan modification. But this time it was different. This time it was like completely up to God. I didn't have any hopes that we would uh, get it. I actually didn't think that we would. And I was okay with that. I was okay with whatever was going to come down because I knew God was um, walking us through that process. And after another three months, when we had now had no money in the bank um, and couldn't even make the payment, uh, we got the call that we got the loan. And I remember getting the call, and the guy on the other side was so excited. He was like, you got it. And I was like, okay. Sounds familiar. Sounds sort of familiar. like when I met Jessica. Yeah. Um, okay, because at that point, you know, I, it, was just, it was just information to me. You know, it, I, I was ready to go whichever way God had us. So it was just one of those things. And we got that modification, which really brought our payment down, which allowed us to then get out of debt because now we still had the $40,000 of credit card debt that we had to pay off. 
And we had to start that process, that long, painful process. And I also have a verse that I go to. And it's one I was going to quite often um, while we were trying to get out of debt, which says, It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We were in slavery and I knew when we get out of this, we're not going back. And so I kept going back to that, um, that verse. And that's a good one because a lot of times we go back. I just even talked to somebody. Uh, they're on their third time doing this. And they said, that's the thing. It's the going back. I, gotta, I keep going back. And so that's the thing that we just made that decision. We weren't going to go back. So we're filled with motivation and ready and excited to pay off this debt. We came up with a plan. We we're going to pay it off in three years, and we worked hard at it. We did a lot of things to try and get that um, debt taken care of. And we were able to finally cross the finish line in, in 24 months. We paid off our $40,000 in debt in 24 months. Uh, in two, yeah, in two years. Mm-hmm. And we were finally, this was the first time that we were actually experiencing real freedom. We had paid off everything but the house. And yeah. it was like, this is what it looks like to not have this weighing over you. Yeah, take a breath. Felt good. Well, our guess is that some of you might be in that process of going from slavery to freedom um, and trying to move there. And there's another verse for you in Proverbs 6, 5. And it says, free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. And I, I love the beginning of this verse. It says, free yourself. Free yourself. God's not going to do it for you. And that's one big thing we learned. He's going to do it in you, and he'll do it with you, but he won't do it for you. And um, even in the context of relationships or something, it's like, I think I've prayed before, just restore this relationship, have us get along, or, you know, make it work out. And, you know, I'm realizing God has given me strength to walk across the room and say, hey, I'm sorry for doing that, or, hey, can we have coffee, or whatever. He's given me that, and, and free yourself. Yeah, I think a lot of times we pray the prayer of, like, God, I got in this mess, now get me out of it. And then we just sit back and expect it to, to happen. But God has something he wants to teach you through that process. And so we have to take the first step mm-hmm. and really um, do some, some work and allow God to do some work in and through us. Well, as you find your attack plan and start walking towards freedom, you can expect certain things. And one thing is expect sacrifice. Um, for sure. We had a lot of sacrifices we had to make, and some of them were I was doing photography on the side, so on weekends I was gone, shooting weddings or doing portraits and stuff, and that was not fun to be away from the family, and you had gotten, you made a bookkeeping business mm-hmm. and worked a full day at New Life, came home, put the kids to bed, and then went to work in our living room for, or office for a few hours, so laid floors for people in their homes, whatever we could do just to make money. Um, We had a few garage sales and um, dinners out with friends. People would call and say, hey, can you just meet us here, whatever, hang out? And it's like, oh, we don't have any money. We have no money. We can't. We just had to say no. It was stunk. That part stunk. And we also sold Justin's motorcycle. That was the first big sacrifice. Yeah, not a sacrifice for me. That was the hardest one. (laughs) It's kind of happy to see it go. Uh. I know. Um, <clears throat> another expectation is you can expect that lasting change will require a game plan. Mm-hmm. 
You can't just wish upon a star. You can't just say, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do better. That doesn't work. You got to have a, a real plan. For us, that meant finding somebody that knew what the Bible said and following God's plan for money. And we took Financial Peace University and we started getting on a game plan. We had a monthly budget. We even had a monthly budget meeting, which I enjoyed more than Jessica. But we would do that every month and we were finding ways. We did a debt snowball and we did everything we could to get out of that debt. And it required a game plan, though. We can't just say, uh, I'm going to just try harder. Yeah. Well, we, you can also expect set, setbacks. Um, our first big setback, we were so excited. We're going to do this. We're going to smash this. Three years, all this stuff. And Justin got um, diagnosed with cataract in his left eye. So yeah. it cost us $3,000 to get that surgery and um, for him to get taken care of. But he couldn't see. It wasn't something you just handled. He couldn't see. <laughs> couldn't see. Um, so, but we... Yeah. Could have gotten pretty discouraged. At 33, way. to get diagnosed with a cataract, that's just weird. And um, we hadn't even made our first payment on our first credit card yet. We were like, we're going to do this, and then boom, this hits. And that was a real, that was a turning point for us because we could have at that, that point said, this is not worth it. I give up. This is just too hard. It's not working out. Uh, we can't even get started. But instead, we just decided, maybe this is what's going to happen. Maybe we're going to have opposition this whole time, and let's, let's do it anyway. Let's keep going. One other expectation you can um, expect is that expect God to use your story to help others. So for me, you know, we took financial peace, but then we ended up leading financial peace in the church uh, and hundreds of you have gone through financial peace. Uh, you know who you are. I mean, I, have, I don't have it here, but I have a jar in my office full of shredded credit cards from people who have just said, forget it, I'm not doing that anymore, and I'm, I'm going to do something better. I'm going to start following God's plan. And that was one big thing. I became the financial director at New Life um, right when we started to, to decide to get out of debt and... Um, I met with a lot of you and worked through your financial plan to help you find financial freedom. We're standing up here now, or sitting uh, up here now, giving our story. And so you can expect that God's going to use your story. If you're just willing to let him, if you're open to that, you can expect that, which is kind of a cool thing too. So if you pull out your notes again at the bottom, this is our only application. It says, what's your story? And I'd like you to write in there, what's an area in your life that you are living in your own understanding? Something you haven't really surrendered to God. It might be parenting. You might be uh, thinking, I haven't tried anything, but I'm all out of ideas. Um, Most of us do feel that way about parenting. It could be um, (laughs) marriage. It could be like us. It could be financial. Um, It might be relationships, or you might have an addiction that God wants to free you from. Perhaps you're here and you're just checking out God, you're checking out church, and you haven't surrendered any part of your life. You're like, I don't know any about anything about this. Perhaps today is your day to surrender your entire life over to God and say, God, I want to make you my Lord and Savior. In fact, on your Start Here card, there's a, if you want to make that decision today, there's a chance to mark that. It says, becoming a follower of Christ today. 
Maybe that's your story. Maybe that's your area. So write that down. And let me just ask you. Oh, do you want to say something? Go ahead. Okay. I do, but I'll wait. No, you go ahead and say it. I was just going to say that I think a lot of times we think God wants something from me, you know, wants something from us, but he really wants something for us, and that thing he wants for us is freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So how will your story end? Will you begin making the, the right choices? Will you begin um, surrendering over to God? Will you allow God to f- finish your story and for your story to finish strong? Are you willing to share your story? Maybe you're, you're beyond that. You're, you're ready to share. In life groups, we've been sharing our stories. And you might get an opportunity to do that in this life group session. But it might go beyond that. Maybe it's a coworker or a friend or a family member you need to share your story with. That you can help somebody else out. And even if your story's not you know, in the freedom part yet, maybe you're still working toward it. Sharing your story can help others as well and help yourself because maybe there's somebody who's in the same boat as you and, and they need a friend to walk out of, of bondage with as well. God truly wants us to live in freedom. So today could be the day that you say, I've had enough. I'm done with the way I've been living. I'm ready to surrender. And if that's you, God will honor that decision. He will bless that decision. And so before we wrap up, I just want to pray for us. God, I'm so thankful that you found us at where we're at and you didn't just leave us there. God, that you want so much more for us than we can really comprehend and that you have made a pathway to freedom. And so God, I pray for each of us ourselves included, Jessica and I, we have areas in our life that we need to continue to experience that freedom. And so I pray for every person in this room, that area in their life, God, that you would give them strength and hope to persevere, to begin making the the right choices, and to trust you with that, to to stop leaning on our own understanding, God, and to start trusting your plan. God, I pray that you would continue to keep us, um, uh, have energy and strength to keep going. And God, I thank you for your work in our lives. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.